And so, but uh, uh, we've been ta- we've been in a series, uh, and I just called it the Serve series. And I last week I talked about serving one another. How many know that God wants us to serve one another? And uh, the text that we're going to be looking at today is this Hebrews chapter six verse ten. I used this last week, just talking about service. And um, uh, how many know that um, it is our pleasure to serve the Lord? It's our honor to serve the Lord, and, uh, and I love that. So Hebrews chapter 6, uh, uh, verse 10, it says this, For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and, and the love that you have shown for his name and the serving the saints as you still do. I, I used this little bit of scripture last week. The key to this is when you're serving here in this particular thing, it's talking about serving the saints and serving the people within the body of Christ. A lot of times we think service is outside, but how many know that the serving one another is just as important as serving the community? Sometimes we're one-dimensional in how we serve. Now, if we're an inward-focused church, we just serve one another. Now, if we're an outward-focused church, we serve our community. But what we need to be is, uh, 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 is, is basically where we can serve our community and serve each other. Amen? Amen? Man, I thought I'd get more amens on that. And so last week we talked about serving one another, particularly those within uh, the house of faith and, um, and, and those in the church. Galatians 6.10, uh, it says this as well. It says, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good. Everyone say good. Good to who? Everyone, all right? Everyone, and especially to those who are the household of faith. So uh, we talked about, uh, last week I talked about there being two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, right? And if you are uh, not part of the kingdom of God, I hate to tell you, you're in the kingdom of, you can't straddle the fence. I won't quote what I said last week, but you cannot straddle the fence. You can't have one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the kingdom of darkness. You'll serve one or the other. And and so the kingdom of God is about serving one another and being long-suffering and forgiving and making things right. And and I, I gave you a great example of this in Jesus Christ. He was the servant, the greatest servant of all time, I think. A lot of people think of leaders, and the best leaders are servant leaders, Ones that can model. And Jesus does something amazing at the Last Supper. He, he gets down and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. He takes the lowest place in the house. Come on, somebody. Nobody else was getting up to do it. And he takes the lowest place in the house. And I had Greg put on that beautiful apron. He put it on backwards. And then we got it right. And he got down and he was washing my feet. Now, if you weren't here, boy, you missed out. But, uh, uh, but, but, but we saw in Jesus an example. Jesus washed Judas' feet, which he knew was going to betray him. He washed uh, uh, Peter's feet, which he knew he was going to deny him. He washed all the feet of the disciples who were going to all scatter except for John, who were not going to follow him to the cross. And that's amazing to me that the God uh, uh, of the universe, Jesus Christ, he has, he's so long-suffering that he was willing to say, I know these guys are going to blow it, but I'm going to serve them anyways. And how many know that that's what it takes to change the world? Amen? Matthew 20, 28 says this, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to what? 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ came to go to the cross so that you and I might be free from sin. Amen. He served us. He, he, he loved on us. I love this. Martin Luther, uh, the, the great uh, theologian, he said this, what is it to serve God and to do his will? Nothing else than to show mercy to our neighbor, for it is our own neighbor who needs our service. God in heaven needs it not. Now, that's a big statement. That's a very uh, a strong statement there, really, truthfully, if you think about it. But how many know that, that people in our community need us? All right. All right. You might as well say amen. People in our community need us. Come on, somebody. I need you to wake up a little bit today, all right? And, and, and this is what Pastor Robert Morris said. He said, we are most like God when we give, or I think you can change that, when we serve, when we love on people, when we give of ourselves. Because Jesus came, and he did nothing but give of himself over and over. So I, I want to talk to you on this simple, simple, simple subject of serving our community. Everyone say, serve our community. And I want to just give you some biblical truths. I'm going to give you four biblical truths uh, of serving our community. But, but I, this, this uh, list is not exhaustive because there's, there's many more things that I could add to this and take away. But you guys probably want to go home at some point and eat lunch. Amen. That was a joke. Tough crowd today. Tough crowd. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I, I pray, Lord, that you would cover us with your grace today. God, we feel your presence in this house. God, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to soften hearts. God, I pray, Lord, that there would be transformation. God, in our attitudes, the way we serve, how we serve. God, Lord, that you would use our lives, God, to help move your kingdom forward. God, what an honor it is to serve you. What an honor it is to be used by you. So, God, whatever I have, God, this gift in my hand, Lord, would you multiply it today? Lord, would you take it and do something great with it? Lord, we just ask this in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen. So four biblical truths that I want to talk to you about, about serving our community is this. Number one um, is, is this, and I was encouraged. I'll, I'll say this. Hang on. I'll say this this week. I was encouraged this week because a couple of times I got to see uh, our church doing uh, what it does. And I, I love this. And the month of September is um, uh, Impact Eternity Month for our denomination. And, and churches all across the world right now in this month are serving their communities. They're putting an emphasis, not that they don't do it other months, but they're putting an emphasis on it in this month. And they're reaching out and they're, they're being the hands and the feet of Jesus. How many know that that's what God called us to be? Amen. This week... I uh, th just this week, man, just some amazing things have happened. I, I came here on Tuesday, and Tuesday night they were finishing up the floors, and, and the women came here, and, and they, they made blankets. They made tie blankets. I think that's what they're called. And there was probably, I don't know how many women, 30-something, uh, maybe plus women, and they were tying blankets. And some of them said, I bought a couple blankets. I wish I'd only bought one because, you know, the process of tying. And they spent time laboring. And these blankets, that they prayed over them. They got done making these blankets. They put them all together. They laid hands on them. They began to pray for these blankets. And they're going to distribute those blankets out to, to young mothers and to people who have no hope. How many know that the world is looking for hope? Amen. Amen. 
You say, hey, well, that doesn't seem like such a big, big deal, like you're impacting the world. But you'll never know the impact of a blanket that somebody's prayed over that can go into the hands that, 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 that the anointing can be on and can change someone's situation. Amen. Amen. And so I saw that Tuesday. Then I also saw uh, our men uh, rallying around here and coming in and doing uh, a bunch of service projects in the same night. And, our, uh, man, this Tuesday night, this place was hopping. There was a lot going on. I mean, we had people in all directions and, and different things happening, and it was a, a powerful night. And I, and I sat back and I thought, man, God, you are doing amazing things. God, you use your people how you see fit. God, you can do a lot of things if we just serve. Amen. Uh, yesterday was an amazing day. Our, our youth went up to Healing Hands Ministry, and I don't know how many they took. How many did you take? Uh, where are you at, Matt? Are you in here? Is he in here? He's not. Oh, there you are. I didn't see you. 21. 21 people went over to Healing Hands Ministry to help them uh, begin to uh, uh, organize what they've got up there. They just People just drop off stuff. And so how many know that that takes volunteers to organize that stuff? And, and what Healing Hands does, when people come in, they have a need. You know what? They just give them that stuff because they want to fill a need. They pray with them. Listen, I've been there. They pray with every person. Come on. They pray with every person before they walk out the door and people have been saved and lives have been transformed. And you know what? Our youth got to play a small part in that yesterday doing that. And I want to say thank you guys for serving and doing that. Come on. Being the church. Being like Jesus. And you know what's amazing? I bet you guys had fun doing it. Right? It's fun to serve the Lord. And, and Friday night, I saw something amazing. It was beautiful. Uh, uh, at the Hope Resource Center, they do a, a, a yearly banquet. And, and I saw so many people rally around the Hope Resource Center, which helps moms uh, who, who are scared to death, young moms, you know, pregnant teenagers that, or pregnant women who are scared to death and don't have anywhere to turn. Maybe their family has, has uh, they're scared to deal with their family, but they can go here and they can get counseling and, 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 and they can encourage them. And listen, I, I saw this stat, and tell me if I'm wrong, Amanda, on this, but uh, what was the stat? 99.99% of the girls who have come in and had an ultrasound of their baby who were thinking about getting abortion do not get an abortion. Come on, somebody, right? The Hope Resource Center, come on. Touching lives, changing lives, and there's an impact. Listen, there is a, an, an eternal impact, come on. That lasts forever, and all you have to do is get involved. Now, I know there's people that, that volunteer here that serve at Hope Resource Center. I know there's people that volunteer in a lot of places. But listen, this is going to be an encouragement for you today to get involved. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, it's time to get involved. So look at this. Number one, right here, four biblical truths. And if I don't get going, I'm not going to ever get going. All right, four biblical truths uh, of, 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 of reaching our community and serving our community is this. Number one, and we, we have to take this. Listen, you need to understand. We have to take, uh, you know, there's an example that we have to follow as, as a church. And this is what we know right here. The early church, come on, the early church. I'm talking about the first century church. I'm talking about Acts chapter 2, two church was favored. How many know that? Amen? Everyone say favored. You know what? The early church is the pattern for us today. Right? The early church in Acts chapter 2 is the pattern, is the, 
design that God has for his people and for the world today. And, and listen to me. I am consistently and constantly in prayer looking within myself as a leader and asking the Holy Spirit to teach me and to guide me and say, Lord, help me, help us as a church to stay in the original plan that you have for us, amen, and that you had for your church. God, don't let us get rear off into what, what the culture says. God, don't let us veer off into what, what, what the world says that we need to do or what church strategy people. Lord, I want to follow your Holy Spirit, amen. You know, we see people constantly today just deconstructing their faith. And why are they doing that? Because the problem with the modern progressive church is that it doesn't look like the original church that God designed. Come on, somebody. You know, one of the things that happens when they make money and, and coins and things like that, dies and casts, they use them over and over and over and over. But but you know what? Uh, if you take that very thing and you make another die and it begins, the, the further you get away from the original, it, things begin to change, right? And so when we mimic somebody else, guess what? We're getting further and further away from the original. Say, God, I want to be an original, amen? So let's look at this. The early church was favored. So how were they favored? So look here in Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 46. It says this. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were uh, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. Verse 46, and day by day attending the temple together. Everyone go, whoo, uh-oh, right? And, and breaking bread in their homes. They, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. Everyone say favor. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. So, so let's look at this. The first thing that we see within uh, that, that the early church had favor is this. There was peace among them. Everyone say peace. And they were together, meaning that the, there were no silly disputes between them. The, there was no church splits. There was no, well, I don't like this. I don't like that. You know what? They prayed with one another. They worked things out. Come on. But instead, they had one mind, one heart, and one accord, and it was not a Honda. They were all together, Right? You know, when Jesus came to, to this earth, the angel said to Mary, you know, uh, that Jesus would bring great joy and peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Everyone say peace. You know, want, you want to know if you have favor in your life? Do you have peace on your life? Come on, somebody, right? Jesus would say this in Matthew 5, 24, and uh, this, the Beatitudes, the great Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Amen. Peacemakers. There's something about peace and having peace. Colossians 3, 14 and 15 says, and above all, all these, put on love. Everyone say, put on love. Which binds everything together in what? Perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ, what kind of peace? The peace of who? Rule your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. So notice this, that, uh, you know, and there, and, and Paul, he's writing the Colossians. I just read that verse out of Colossians, and he's telling them, he's correcting them in, in Colossians. He's saying, listen, you have to have peace with one another. You have to love on one another, because just a few short decades after the original church had, had come, guess what? There began to be splits, and there be, began to be things, and God, uh, people became selfish, and they had their, their own selfish ambition came into that. But I don't know about you. I want the peace of God. I want the 
the love of God. I want to be peaceable with you. I want to be in unity with you. I want to lock arms with you. Come on, somebody. I want to lock arms with you, and I want to march and begin to, to storm the gates of hell. Come on, somebody, and keep the gates of hell and make a change. Amen? Come on, somebody. And this, listen, this tells me this. Here's the thing. This is the problem. We, uh, sometimes in church, we miss the main thing. You know what the main thing in church is? Jesus Christ. We make it about a lot of other things. But if we keep the main thing, the main thing. Come on, somebody. Keep the main thing, the main thing. There will be peace in our hearts. There will be love in our hearts. And guess what? We will come along, and if there's an offense, we'll say, hey, hey, we can deal with this. We can pray this thing out, and to God be the glory. Amen? There was peace. All right. Here's the second thing. They met needs. All right. Uh, they pulled their resources together, and they, they began to touch their community. And I saw this on Friday night at the Hope Resource Center. I saw churches. I don't know how many churches were there. I, I can't even. I, I, Vicki, how many churches? At least 10 or 15 churches in our community were there supporting the Hope Resource Center. And, and we all came together, and people throughout the community came together, and we began to just, uh, to one vision. They talked about how they were, I mean, these stats that they say uh, about saving young lives and, and helping mothers out and helping fathers out too. Come on, don't even leave the dads out. They, they're, they're finding ways to reach out and to love people. And, it, and I saw this. It was amazing to me. And they talked about how these moms come in and they're scared to death. And sometimes they don't even look them in the eyes because they feel so much shame and guilt. And, and when, when these, these nurses and these people begin to talk to them and they begin to show them, hey, there is hope and there is Jesus. And they begin to love on them and they begin to see, hey, there is hope. And you know what? I can make a change and with God I can do anything. Amen. I love this. Uh, they met needs. And, and we reach out here at the church and we touch needs in, in our giving and in our service times. And, and, and you know what? We can love on our, com our community by meeting people's needs. Amen? Can I tell you this? You may be the answer to a prayer that someone is praying for. Did you ever stop and think about that? That you might be the answer that somebody's praying for a miracle, and you might have that thing, and God may use you, but you got to be willing to let God use you. Here's number, here's the, uh, number three, that the thing that they had. They met together. I want to say they met together. It says they met daily. They met in the temple. Uh-oh, some of you said, uh-oh. You're getting in my time, Pastor, when you talk about meeting daily. How many are glad we don't meet daily around this place? All right. I didn't get very much response out of that. Uh, but, but this, you know what this tells me? That they were faithful to the house of God. Why? Because something was happening that was bigger than their own agenda. Come on, somebody. I know I'm stepping on some toes right now. But if we got into this thing and said, God, I'm going to follow you full heartedly. It doesn't matter what I want. Guess what? He could use us to do great things. You know, there's this, this stat, Pew Research says this, that one in every five Americans that attend, attend less services than they did before the pandemic. It's amazing to me. Sad to me, actually. It's really a staggering thing. 
You know, that people before, you know, and, and, I, and you know what? We've used the pandemic. Come on. We've used that thing as a crutch. Come on, some of you. Come on. You know you've used it for a crutch. Well, it's just easier to watch online. You know there's a difference between coming here and, and watching online. Listen, I, I love that you can watch online. But you know when you come in here, you can feel the presence. I'm not saying that you can't feel the presence of the Lord. But when you're around other people and people are giving you high fives and people are praying for you and someone's smiling at you when you come in the door, it's a lot different than when you get up and you're, you're you look at your wife, and she has bad breath in the morning on your phone. Amen? All right. I know I'm getting down. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm being tough today. We come together. You know what? When we come together, guess what? We build each other up. We edify each other. You know what? I can look at somebody and say, hey, Eric, man, man, I love you. I'm so glad to see you today. And Eric's like, man, Pastor, how are you? You were down the other day when I saw you. You know what? I'm doing good. He said, I prayed for you. Yeah. Build me up. Build each other up. We can strengthen each other. They fellowshiped and they ate meals together. Come on, somebody. Woo, I like that one. If it's worth meeting over, it's worth eating over. Amen. Woo, I felt the anointing on that. Here's the last thing that they did. They praised God. They praised God. Uh, when they met, they lifted up, they exalted the name of the Lord. Psalm 106.1 says this, the Lord, oh, uh, to the Lord, oh, give thanks. Everyone say, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures. Come on, you got to get that in your heart. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. I don't know if you know what that word forever means, but that means forever. It's not a short while, but his mercy is there. How many are glad for God's mercy? Amen. So in the early church, God is moving, and people were praising him, and, and they were not indifferent or uninterested in praise, but they were praising God publicly. It didn't matter. And, and the result of being in unity and being in peace, the result of being together to meet needs, and the result of, of meeting together and fellowshipping and edifying, and the result of praising God was the church grew in numbers daily. Amen. Sounds like a pretty simple thing, right? They didn't use gimmicks. They simply loved their community and each other, and they met needs. They had favor with all the people. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, we, we want to be a church that, that it's hard to hate because we're so full of love. I want to be mad at them. But you know what? They met my need, so I can't really be mad at them if they met my need. Come on, somebody, right? All right, here's number two right here. We will be enriched as we serve our in community. Everyone say enriched. Proverbs 11.25 says this. Whoever brings blessing will be what? And the one who waters will himself be what? Woo! Well, that's a good promise. As you pour out, as you serve others, God will make sure that you are refreshed. How many walk around sometimes tired? You know, there are some, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Woo, here's a real pastor being super honest with you. There are some Sundays I don't, do not feel like pouring out. And sometimes I just want to look at you and be like, I want you to pray for me. Not the other way around. 
But listen, but listen, what I've learned, what I've learned in, 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 is this, is this, this is the principle of sowing and reaping. And, and, you know, Galatians tells us that God is not mocked, but what a man sows he shall reap, right? We, we understand that. So this is a principle. Man, this goes back to the Old Testament, and God does not change. And what you sow is what you reap. So uh, this is illustrated perfectly in Mark chapter 6. There's an unnamed boy in Mark chapter 6, an unnamed boy, and there he is with his lunch right there. And Jesus would use his lunch, and he would bless and feed 5,000 people. And, and this nameless boy, you know what happened at the end of this? After giving them his little five loaves and two fishes, his little McFishes that he had from McDonald's, you know what he did? Jesus took it, he multiplied it. Come on, somebody. He, Jesus took it, and he multiplied it. And the Bible says this, that he went home with 12 baskets. Come on, 12 baskets. And how many know that when you sow, when you're obedient to the Lord, God, when in service, in giving, in whatever, when you sow, God will bless and multiply. Amen? God multiplied. He enriched that unnamed boy's lunch because of his obedience. What seems meager to you and me, you know what? God can take and multiply. God, I'm tired. Get up there and do it and watch me multiply it. It's not even in your own strength. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says this. You, uh, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Come on, somebody. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So how many want to be enriched? Start pouring out. Start giving out. You'll be enriched. And this boy, I love this story because he went home with more than he came with, and that's what I'm talking about. His mom probably thought, where did you get all this food? Did you steal all that food? Where did all that come from, right? I get it. Sometimes you serve and you feel like God has forgotten you. You ever, you ever felt that way? Woe is me. I'm the only one serving over here. I'm the only one doing this. You feel like you're alone. But, but listen, you know this, that, that God will let you reap what you have sown in service. I've, I've experienced this in my life, whether that's just right down the road or further down the road. It doesn't matter whether it's in heaven. I, I don't know. It's his timing. Sometimes we just get mad. We think, oh, you know, uh, you know, that, you know, God didn't do it fast enough. When I was a youth pastor, I, I served. And listen, I don't know if you know this. Youth pastors don't make a lot of money. I'm being honest. I'm being honest. And, 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 you know, I mean, we did good. God met our needs. He blessed us and all those good things. But, but I remember I was serving, and I, I remember we were barely getting, getting by. And, and, you know, almost to the point where you're a little bit frustrated. It's like God just letting you just like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're making it. But, you know, Lord, a little excess isn't bad every now and again, right? And, 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 but we're making it. And, 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 I, and I just felt so um, tired in, in season. I was youth pastor serving uh, a lot of uh, um, I don't know, just rough kids that we had in our area. We had uh, housing uh, in, uh, housing apartments next to our church. And so all these kids would come to the youth group. And let me tell you something. They were punks. I'm being real. Those kids were punks. You said, did you love them? Well, I loved them all right. I wanted to love them with my hand a few times. I didn't. Just being, I'm just joking. Well, I kind of did, but I didn't do anything. But listen, in the middle of serving, in the middle of serving that, so many times God gave me fresh water. And I poured out, and I was like, man, I don't feel like loving on this kid that just bit me in the arm. I'm not lying. I had a kid bite me one time. And I don't feel like loving on this kid. 
But as I poured out, God began to pour out on me, and he began to bless me. And I remember, uh, you know, one, one day I went, I was dropping Zaylee off to school, and we had one car. Tristan was working, and this lady would pick her up for work every day. Thank God for that lady. And we were, we were scrambling. We had one car trying to just make life work. And how many know when you're young, you, you do these crazy things, and you look back and go, how in the world did we make it? I don't even know how we made it, you know. Um, and, and anyway, so I was picking up Zaylee from school and, uh, and, and working on that, and I'll never forget I'll never forget, uh, this lady came up to me, and I knew her. Her daughter was best friends with, with Zaylee, and she had been adopted. Her, Zaylee's friend had been adopted from Taiwan. Taiwan, I knew it was one of them. It was one of those T's. And, and, and had, had come, come over, and, uh, and Zaylee and her had kind of befriended. And she came up to me, and she was the, the Baptist church's uh, pastor's wife when they got there. And, and he had tragically lost his life. Uh, just a few weeks after we had got there in a, in a major car accident. And so um, she was in transition. Her son was a senior in high school, and she was not going to move away because of just, you know, wanted her son to graduate. And it was just a, a crazy situation. But we began to build a relationship. But I'll never forget uh, showing up to, to pick up Zaylee from school, just thinking it's going to be a normal day. I'm going to pick up Zaylee from school, and she's going to smell like pencils and boogers. Come on, right? And come on, you know what I'm talking about, what them kindergarten kids smell like when you pick them up. And, and I'll never forget, I, I, I got there, and, and, and this lady came up to me, and she said, how are you? And I said, I'm good. She's always cheerful, and just lost her husband just months before, and, and always just encouraging, you know. And I, I said, I'm good. And she said, she, said uh, she looked at me, and I mean, just, I'll never forget, she goes, do you need a car? And I was like, wait, what? She goes, do you need a car? And I was like, well, if you're given one. She said, I have this car, and it was my husband's, and it was my, my son's been driving it, and, and, and I bought him something newer. And she goes, it's nothing great, you know, it's, a, you know, it's just a, you know, a Buick LeSabre and, and, and whatever. I mean, it was a nice car, and it was such a blessing to us. And she goes, I want to give you that car. I, I want to give you that car. And I was just like, woo, <laughs> blessed. But listen, I, all, I can, all I can think is this. In the middle of serving, in the middle of all the hardship, in the middle of uh, kids biting me and the kids, kids cussing me out and moms and dads cussing me out, come on, somebody, right? And, and doing all this and tired and, and frustrated, God said, hey, let me show you I can enrich what's in your hands. I can bless you. And listen, she blessed us tremendously. She set us up. Listen, we have two cars today because of that lady. God bless her and, and what she did. And listen, she was sowing into the kingdom. Amen. She was sowing into the kingdom. Listen, and there's nothing great that I did, I promise you. And, and you know what my hope is someday? That I can bless somebody in the same way and say, hey, you have a need. Hey, I can help you meet that need and, and I could be the answer to somebody's prayer. Amen. Amen. Uh, and here's what I will tell you. We don't serve so that we can, we can get something. But I will tell you this. When we, when we sow, guess what? God will not let you outgive him. You know what I love, I love to do? When we go see Tristan's mom and dad and we go out to eat and it's always this, hey, uh, you know, I always like, his name is Ed. I'm like, Ed, I, I will, I'll buy my own or I'll buy this. And he's like, no, I'm not going to buy it. Or he's just, no, he doesn't say that. He probably thinks it. <laughs> he probably thinks it. But he says, no, I got it. I'm going to buy it. You know why? Because he says, I am not going to let you outgive me. I like that kind of father-in-law. Hope you're watching, Ed. 
listen, are you saying, are you saying, Pastor, are you a prosperity preacher? Well, I'm not a despair and poor preacher. I believe God wants to bless you. Now, I, I believe that things happen in our lives and seasons and things like that that sometimes we don't always understand. And, and God may not bless you right away. It may be in heaven when he blesses you. You don't know. All you have to do is trust God through the process. Amen. And, and some people treat God like a lotto. Come on. God, I'll give you $5 and you bless me with a million. That's the way we think God works. God, I'll give you my Honda Accord. Give me a BMW, right? But, but the truth of the matter is this. We, we sow in service. We do it for God and not for what he'll do for us in return. Lord, I, I'm going to do this for you. Lord, if, if, Lord, you take it. You multiply it. If I'm blessed by it, so be it. If I'm not in this life, God, that's okay. I'm willing to, to be okay with that. A few, a few weeks ago, we had the Bethel prayer night here, and, and Bethel came down. And, and I'm going to tell you, I was flat out wore out that night coming into this place. I was, I was tired. I spoke that morning. The day before, we had an event here at the church, and, and man, a lot of set up and tear down and all that stuff, and, and it, it was all good, and, I, and man, I was just tired walking into the building, and I thought, there is no way I can pour out in this place tonight, I just was, I mean, I'm going to be real honest with you, and as I came in, and I began to lift up my hands, uh, the rain of God's presence just began to refresh me, and he said, hey, listen, I, I know you're tired, listen, I know you're tired in serving, I, uh, let, me, let me encourage you guys, you're tired in serving, if you will keep serving, and you will seek God with all your heart, you lift up your hands, in these moments, God will refresh you, he'll give you strength, come on, he'll give you strength to rise, come on, as eagles, come on, you'll stand up, come on, you'll be able to walk this thing out, because of his strength, not in your own. And man, God will enrich you when you enrich others. Amen. Do you believe that? He'll refresh you when you refresh others. Here's the, here's the third one. And you were made to do good works. Everyone say, you're made to do good works. Ephesians 2.10, I love this verse. This was our verse for our youth group in, in, in Texas was this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ for, God, uh, for good works, God works too, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk them out. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, hey, you were created for good works. Look at your neighbor on the other side and say, you too. I always say this when I quote this verse because, man, this was just, just in me. Uh, let me just get this out of the way. God don't make junk. Some of you believe the lie of the enemy or believe the lie of your mother and father who poured and told you that you were not good and that you would never amount to anything. God does not make junk. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose for you. You just got to get in the middle of that purpose. The devil will send somebody along and, and try to confuse you and, and trip you up, and that is a lie. How many know the devil's a liar? God created you new in Jesus for what? Good works. Some of you came from dead religion and backgrounds that said, hey, you have to work your way to heaven. You've got to work, 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 work. Well, I'm not even going to get into that song, all right? And, and you think that, that you have to work. <laughs> Come on, some of you are smiling know what I'm talking about, all right? Um, uh, you think you have to work your way into heaven. And listen, how many know that it's by God's grace that you have been saved? It's not by your works. But listen, what happens after we're saved, after we're saved, this is what happens. Ephesians 2.8 says it's by grace that you have been saved. It's not of your works, but Ephesians 2.10 says this, that God has designed good works after you're saved for you to do. They don't save you, but they're part of this, this process that God is working within you. And you know what work means? Oh, man, I, this is a good one. I, I should put this up in my house. You know what work means? It means action. 
It doesn't mean there's something to be done, nothing happened. It means you got to get up and you got to do something. Amen. It means actions. It means that you were not created. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get down right where you're at. You were not created to sit here and warm a pew. You were created for good works. Ooh, well, I know that went over like a lead balloon in here. That's all right. You know, God hand fashioned all of us to be different so that we could cover more ground, right? You know, me and Greg are different. He doesn't have hair. I have a little bit left. He's tall. I'm short. You know, and so, you know, I'm good looking and. You know, there's differences between us all. You know what? The things that make you you are unique to you. The things that make me me are unique to me. But guess what? God uses everybody's in here, their purpose and how he's created. I love this. So, you know, Moses was a great leader. Can we agree on that? Moses was a great leader. You know what? His mouthpiece, you know who his mouthpiece was? Aaron. Moses couldn't talk. Aaron was his voice. God used them and used many to, to multiply things. Think about this. So we see the disciples. They were all different. They all served in different ways. When you think about the early church, Peter was very vocal and demonstrative, and, and he was empowered to preach. John was in tune with the Spirit of God. He, he saw visions, and he saw things that a lot of people couldn't see. Different gifts, but, but both, both followed Jesus. This is amazing to me, right? What about James? You know, he was the first one to be martyred and to, to stand for Christ. And, and so they all served a different purpose for the kingdom of God. You know what? You serve a purpose in the kingdom of God. Not all of us can be the hand. Some of us got to be the nose. Some of us got to be the hip, the body of Christ. Some of us got to be the toes. Some of us say, I don't want to be a toe. Guess what? Toes the balance. Right? And, and, and not all of you can preach. And not all of you can teach up here. And not all of you can sing. Some of you are really kind-hearted, and guess what? You can greet people at the door with a smile on your face and make somebody feel like a million bucks when they walk in this building because you, you have this gen, genuine realness to you and say, hey, I'm so happy to see you. God bless you. I'm so glad you're here today. Some of you are gifted to love the unlovable. Some of you... Uh, uh, can walk with people and help them get delivered. Some of you, some of you are, uh, love to serve the needy, and some of you love to feed the hungry, and some of you love to reach for the outcast. This is amazing to me. I, I'm so glad we have an awesome kids pastor because I was like, hey, do you have a Mr. Potato Head? And boom, here it is. How many love Mr. Potato Head? Mr. Potato Head's a pretty cool dude, right? You know why he's cool? Because he can change. He's got a lot of different vari variables. You know that there are 54 different combinations that you can make him into? That's amazing. That's a, that's a lot, right? That's pretty cool, I think. But do you know God, the creator of the universe, has created you anew so that you can have good works? Because the things that you do well, guess what? I may not be able to do well, but you can do them well, and you can serve the body. You can further the kingdom of God. And listen, if we'll lock arms and say, hey, I'm not good at, at, at construction stuff, but you are, so can you do that? And I'll get up here, and I'll just jump around and, and sweat and scream and, and make everyone laugh, and I'll do that. That's my gifting, your gifting is to do that. Listen, we'll lock arms, and guess what? We'll, we'll, we'll change this. Uh, the kingdom of God will move forward. Amen? You were created for good works. Look at your neighbor and say, let's get started. Here's the last one right here is this. When you help hurting people, 
You're loving Jesus. You stay right here, Mr. Potato Head. When you help hurting people, you're loving Jesus. Stop and think about that for a minute. How many want to love Jesus with their whole heart? If you want to love Jesus with your whole heart, then you have to serve and act like Jesus. Be like Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. You, 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 you look like Jesus when you help the hurting, when the disenfranchised people, lost people. You, you're, you're loving on them. You're helping them. You know, Jesus, you know, one thing I can say about Jesus, he was out in the community all the time. He was out serving, walking the streets. He, he stayed out late at night. People would try to come and find him late at night, right? And he was loving on people, meeting their needs. Matthew 20, 28 says this, even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. So Jesus served the communities he visited, right, everywhere. He touched lives. He, he was moved with compassion, and he touched and he healed people. He fed people, and he loved on people. Do you know those are all things that you can do? Good works. Good works that God's put in you. Jesus touched the needy and the hurting, and, and, and we can show the same love by doing the same thing for our brothers and sisters, amen, in the church and in our community. So um, here's the problem. Here's the problem. We're way too busy. Right? Sometimes we're way too busy. Ah, I don't have time to deal with that today. Or we automatically, someone asks for money or something, we automatically think the worst case scenario, oh, I know what you're going to do with that money, right? I don't know. I've been, I, I, I've, I've given people cash before and prayed with them and, you know, I've, and, and man, I just had the, the hunch that they were going to do something bad with it. I don't normally give people cash anyways. If someone says they're hungry, I go grab them food and like, and then I'll find out if they're really hungry or if they really want money. You know, you kind of figure that out. I've learned that little wisdom through the years. But, but I've went to people and, and given them money, just felt like, man, the Holy Spirit just said, give them money and, and talk to them. And, and you, you can smell alcohol and, and, you know, you can see their uh, lines. And, and, and I've went up to people and say, but, and I always do this when I give someone money. Like, hey, let me pray with you. And you know, nine times out of ten, people will always let you pray for them. And I'll grab them by the hand. I've done this before. This isn't necessarily the right. I'm like, God, I pray, Lord, you bless this person. God, I pray, Lord, that you would take this, this money and you multiply it. God, and if they use this money for any ill refute, God, I pray you strike them down with lightning right now. Amen. And then, and then they say, oh, pastor, I, I promise I ain't going to use it for anything but what you said. That's not really the right attitude. I've done it. I'm sorry. I'll admit it. Colossians 3.23 says this, whatever you do, work, hard, whole, uh, work heartily as for the Lord and do, don't do it for men. I don't bless people for their sake. I do it because God has blessed me, so let me bless you. And I'll let God do all the, all the cleaning on that. I'll let him deal with the, with the repercussions of that. God, this is for you. If they mismanage it, strike them with, no, I'm just kidding. Lord, if they mismanagement, that's on them, Lord. You, you deal with them. How many know that our world's full of hurting people? I love this story. I'm going to end on this story. There's a story of a man who fell into a pit. A man fell in a pit. A man of empathy walks by, and he says, I feel for you down there, and kept going. An intelligent person walked by and said, it's, it's logical that someone would fall into this pit. He kept going. A religious person walked by and said, only bad people fall into pits and kept going. 
a mathematician walked by and calculated the depth of the pit and said, I see statistically how someone could fall into this pit and kept going. A news reporter wanted the exclusive story of the pit. The IRS asked if he had been paying taxes while in the pit. Come on, somebody. That sounds right. Ooh, I felt the anointing on that one. The self-pity person said, you haven't seen anything until you've seen my pit. Fire and brimstone preacher said, you deserve your pit. Psychologist said, your mother and father are to blame for you being in that pit. The realist walked by and said, that's a pit. The therapist said, believe in yourself and you can get out of that pit. Kept going. An optimist said, things could be worse. The pessimist said, things will get worse. A sympathetic person said, that's a pity. But Jesus, seeing the man, reached down with his hand and grabbed the man by the hand and pulled him out of the pit. Amen. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be one of those people. I Well, you should see what I'm going through. I know you're not. No, no, no. I want to be the person who says, come on. Come on, bro. You can come out of that. God's got something bigger. God's got something better for you. Amen. How do we serve our communities? Man, we, we do it in, in, in many ways. Uh, you know, we, we're, you know, Hope Resource Center does an amazing, amazing job. That's one of the ministries that we, they do an amazing job. Guess what? We don't have to start a new ministry. Guess what? We can just latch on to what they're doing and God can multiply what they're doing and begin to touch the community and bless. Come on, somebody, right? You can serve down there. Come on, somebody, right? Amen. What, what about this? You know, and Davey's not here, but what about free at last ministry? Dave, Dave and Norris over there. Listen, you can go over there. You can pray with men. Come on. You, he can use you to touch people's lives. You could give your story of how God saved you and God brought you out and helped someone that's been in the pit in despair of drugs and alcohol and how God can bring them out. Amen. And you could serve, I mean, so many places. Becky's place, I'm just thinking all these places throughout our community, the men's warming shelter and all these things. Listen, there are places that you could serve. The Bible says this, if you give someone a, a cold cup of water in my name, God can bless it. It's about serving him. Sometimes we think it's got to be this. God's just saying, I just need you to meet someone's need right where you're at. I've determined in my mind, in my mind, every day, I'm going to make someone smile, laugh, Encourage them somehow, some way. Sometimes they laugh at me just by looking at me. I don't know about you. I want to do all I can for every person I can, with all the resources I can, to show people the light of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Who's with me? Who's with me? Amen? Amen. Are you with me? Listen. I know, I know this is a different sermon. I know this is, this is, but listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm challenging us as a church to be different than the status quo, to be like the early church. Matthew 25, 23 says this, well done, good and faithful. Well done, good and faithful, what? Not leader. Come on, right? But servant. So you've been faithful over a little and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. How many want that today? Amen. I want to hear that one day. I want to hear that one day. Will you bow your heads with me? If you're here today.